0: say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us.
1: But as yes, we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins, and cleanses us from all unrighteousness.
0: Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most, Most merciful God, God,
1: we confess that we are by nature
0: His mercy has given His only Son to die for you, and for His sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the Word, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, mercy. Help,
1: save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
0: confirm the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshadowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory, and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Of Holy Scripture the Old Testament reading for this the festival of the transfiguration of our Lord is from the book of Exodus the 24th chapter and Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words and then Moses and Aaron Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel went up and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God, and ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. And then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from 2 Peter, the first chapter. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. Alleluia, Lord,
2: we go? you the, life. Alleluia, alleluia.
0: the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. Alleluia, If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. To you, Christ. Together now we confess our Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe, I believe in one God, the, God, the, the Father Almighty. Almighty.
3: Fourth chapter of Exodus then Moses went up unto the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai and for six days the cloud covered it and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud and to the Israelites the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on the mountain top. this is our text Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Your friends in Christ. A London newspaper just this past Monday, January 28th, had a bulletin. And this is what the London newspaper bulletin read. Quote, Prince Charles on Sunday got the dubious distinction of being Britain's longest serving king-in-waiting at 59 years and 74 days, surpassing the age of Edward VII when he succeeded Queen Victoria to the throne in 1901. Quoting a former aide, the Sunday Times of London reported that, quote, Charles realized long ago that he would spend most of his life as an heir as king. His is a family marked by longevity and his mother is in very good health unquote. In fact, his mother, Queen Elizabeth, indeed is. She is surpassed. Indeed, her great-great-grandmother, Queen Victoria, is Britain's oldest serving monarch at the age of 81, just recently. And so it looks like Prince Charles may be the longest-serving king in waiting for many, many years yet to come. Patient waiting. Perhaps it's a princely virtue and if it is a princely virtue it certainly is a virtue that isn't so common to us commoners because it's very hard to wait and I think we all so often find that to be so true whether it's waiting for an order to be delivered or an order to come in the mail or an airline flight to arrive or perhaps one to depart or a doctor's appointment or a medical test result to come back in whatever it is waiting doesn't come easily for most of us especially if while you're waiting for something to happen it doesn't seem that something is happening at all Moses knew what it was like to wait while it appeared that nothing was happening because that's what seemed to happen to him in our text for today it might seem surprising that Moses would be that type of a figure who would have to wait for something to happen because as you look back at Moses life his life was full of divine activity his life perhaps more than anyone else had divine intervention happening in it all the time trace the path of his life and see what I mean here for example in Moses was a man to whom God appeared appeared in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush remember in Exodus chapter 3 there at Mount Horeb here was a man to whom God appeared here was a man to whom the Almighty spoke in no uncertain terms here was the man to whom was given tablets upon which were inscribed in Hebrew letters words that were written by the very finger of God himself here was the man to whose call God would rain down curses and bring down plagues upon the enemies of Israel, in particular Egypt at that time. Here was the man who had experienced a life of privilege in Pharaoh's courts, a life of nomadic pilgrimage out in the middle of the desert, the life of power as with outstretched arm. He holds a staff over the Red Sea and the waters part. Here was a man in whose life the divine intervention of God was evident so often, so frequently, so regularly. And yet, despite all of the excitement of this divine intervention that Moses experienced over all his years, there were also in Moses' life, those times of very important waiting. Their text for today is one of those times in which Moses is found waiting, simply waiting, waiting for something to happen, waiting for God to show up. Isn't that what he was waiting for? Today's text describes one of those times having ascended with others, as we heard in the Old Testament lesson today. Halfway up the mountain, he announces to the huffing priests and the puffing leaders of Israel that were along with him as they went up that mountainside. He announces to them that he was going to continue from the halfway point up to the top of the mountain all by himself. And our text tells us that a great cloud came And a great cloud covered the mountaintop, and the glory of the Lord then settled down upon that mountaintop. And then it adds these most interesting words, and it says, For six days the cloud covered that mountaintop. For six days. And then it says, On the seventh day the Lord called out to him from within that cloud. For six days... Moses simply waited Well, nothing much happened. He just went up there and he waited for God to show up. He waited for God to do something. He waited for God to speak. And on the seventh day, finally, God did. And the seventh day, he called to Moses. Note again where he called from. He called from the midst of the cloud. And to the Israelites, way down below, The text tells us that the appearance of the Lord there on the mountaintop speaking to Moses on the seventh day after six days of waiting from the midst of the cloud was like unto them a fire that was there on the mountaintop, a consuming fire it says. For six days he waited for something to happen and then on the seventh day it finally did. Now, race ahead. Consider our gospel reading for today. And note well the amazing parallels between Moses on the mountaintop and our Lord Jesus Christ on the day of transfiguration which we celebrate today as we prepare to enter into the season of Lent. Notice the parallels between those two events. The disciples waiting. Because remember what it says, for six days Moses waited. Remember the text says, how does the gospel for today begin? After six days... Interestingly, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up into the high mountain by themselves. Not long before, Peter had made that great confession of faith when Jesus said, Who do you say that I am? And he replied by saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then came a time of waiting before the Mount of Transfiguration event took place. And after six days, it says, They go, and then Jesus takes some of them up to the mountaintop, three in particular. In each case, whether it be Moses or Jesus, in each case, God's majestic glory appears. And it appears where? In each case, it appears in the clouds. In each case, the clouds are where? On the mountaintop. There's more than coincidence and the way that these two parallel accounts are given these are divinely designed this is is divinely executed parallels that are here the Holy Spirit showing us something significant important this is divinely intended stuff not just coincidence and in each case the glory of the Lord appearing is described how as fire that's burning or as light that's shining. I like the way that Lutheran pastor William Cyrilla puts it he says quote Jesus is transfigured before them the Greek word here he says is metamorphosized which means changed in appearance we might say that he was morphed Jesus was morphed before them here was A Jesus they hadn't seen before, he says. Shining, glorious, radiant, glowing, brighter than the brightest light, his clothing, and on earthly white. God of God, light of light, true God of true God, shining through his humanity. Every cell of his human flesh glowed with the brilliance of God. The fullness of God in the human flesh of Jesus, the God-man. Fully God, fully man. What a sight it must have been the second person of the undivided Trinity shining with all the glory of God. Well put. Peter, James, and John had never seen anything like this before. They wouldn't again until they finally get to heaven. Granted, many times they had probably seen a brightly shining light as they were fishermen out fishing on the Sea of Galilee and the light would reflect off that. Sea of Galilee and hit him in the eyes they'd see that kind of reflected light they might see it as the Roman soldiers would parade and patrol through their towns and the shining of the sun would hit the swords, the spears the saddle wear of the Roman soldiers that patrolled but this light that they saw was unique the first time that they had really seen that kind of light in their life because it wasn't reflected light this was light emanating from the very face of Jesus coming from the very body of Jesus I like the way Swirala puts it every cell of glory with the brilliance of uh, glowing with the brilliance of God a light so magnificently intense that it penetrated right through the very garments that Jesus was wearing without destroying them so that they became as Matthew says as white as light Seeing this, how could they help but remember? And you can be sure that Peter, James, and John had to think as they saw this because they were Old Testament men in in their own way. They knew the accounts well. There's no way that they could have seen this without thinking of Moses on Mount Sinai and all that there had happened, whereupon Moses then received the two tablets of the law, the skin of his face shining so brightly, Scripture tells us, that moses face had to be veiled because the people were afraid to come near him when he came down from the mountain having received the law and yet moses face was shining with what kind of light it wasn't with a a light that was emanating from the face of moses it was reflected light from the glory of god in the mountaintop that moses was reflecting and yet even there his face had to be shielded that the people of israel might look upon him because he had seen the lord of glory but here here on this mountaintop on the Mount of Transfiguration something even more phenomenal is happening than that which had happened thousands of years before with Moses something more phenomenal happening because here was someone who was more phenomenal and far greater than Moses here was Moses Lord here was Moses God here was Jesus Jesus whose whole body every cell of it glowing with divine majesty. Moses shone like the moon when he shone reflective light. Jesus shone like the sun. So we sing as you will. Jesus shines brighter. Jesus shines purer than all the angels in the sky. There with Jesus in the mountaintop, as we hear in today's gospel, we're those two figures of the past. Moses, that great representative of the law. Elijah, the great representative of all the prophets. And there on the mountain, standing between Moses and Elijah, was the one who fulfills everything the law required of us. And who also is the one who fulfills all that the prophets had promised unto us the fulfillment of the law and the prophets right there in Jesus God in the flesh. And St. Matthew says simply in the gospel for today that Moses and Elijah were talking to Jesus but St. Luke expands upon it as Luke does and he expands upon it and he says that they were talking to Jesus about his exodus. They were talking to Jesus about his departure from the earth. They were talking to Jesus about his work of saving all of mankind it wasn't a theology of glory that they were talking about there in the midst of the glory of it all it was the theology of the cross it was the theology and the work the saving work of Jesus Christ for sinners those heavenly visitors Moses and Elijah there in the mountaintop with him ambassadors of God the Father who had sent them to confirm that in just a short time history's greatest moment was going to happen and where was it going to happen not up in the mountaintop where the glory of the lord was shining but it was going to happen on a cross outside the city of jerusalem where the glory of the lord would be worked in ways that only faith can see was it worth the wait for Peter James and John there in the mountaintop even as it had been for Moses in the mountaintop as he waited for the glory of the Lord to appear oh you can be sure it was because they saw as Peter says in today's epistle lesson they saw they were eyewitnesses of his majestic glory in fact so impressive was it to Peter what was his response Lord let me set up three tents, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah, and we'll just stay here and we'll, we'll make this glory last just as long as we can, this energizing, exciting experience. We've got to keep it. We've got to contain it. We've got to prolong it for as long as we can. And you see, Peter was all caught up in this theology of glory. And at that moment in time, Peter had no place and he had no time for the theology of the cross. William Cyril once again speaks so well and puts it so well when he speaks of Peter's theology of glory at that point which is so much like the theology of glory that we see happening throughout churches even in our country today emphasizing the glory of God rather than the all-important work of God upon the cross and he says quote you can just imagine What would have happened if Peter had succeeded in his request, if he had succeeded in this little building project, it would have become a tourist attraction, a theme park, Morph Mountain, a shrine where people would come to pray or to be healed of their demons or their dandruff. There would be Morph Mountain website. There'd be t-shirts and posters and testimonials of miraculous Morph Mountain healings there'd be little vials of dirt or pieces of rock from the top of the mountain which would have claims of miraculous powers. Bus loads of church groups would make their pilgrimages there so that ordinary people like you and me could set their feet in the place where Moses and Elijah stood with Jesus. And then we'd somehow, he says, feel closer to God because of it. Sounds an awful lot, like a lot that we see and hear about today. But dear friends, That's not where God will be found. He's no longer found in mountaintop clouds. He will not be found in Christless or crossless places. No matter how holy men may deem them to be, he will not be found where his work on the cross is disowned or where it's minimized or where he is thought of as more of a miracle maker than a sin taker no he comes to us now he comes to you right here in baptismal water where his word makes us his own and unites us as a special family with each other he comes to us right here today in consecrated bread and wine with his very body and blood to forgive to restore to prepare your bodies and your souls for life in heaven he comes to us in words proclaimed by men ordained who in the stead and by the command of Christ himself absolve penitent sinners of all their sins. Not in clouds mountain mountaintops of glory. Not anymore. But right here in word and sacrament which bear to us all the benefits and all the blessings of Jesus Christ on the cross you see what was said of those who ascended the mountain with Moses the words on your bulletin cover for today it can rightly be said also of us and they beheld God and then it says in the text after that and they beheld God and they ate and they drank come come to where God has promised to come to you today come for now all is ready Come and experience anew what the forgiveness of sins tastes like. Indeed, as the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then leave his table, saying with Simeon of old, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. They beheld the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand and sing with me the post-sermon hymn.
0: those who are to be installed as church officers and board chairmen and board members and elders of the congregation, please come forward at this time. friends in Christ, having been duly elected or appointed to your respective offices or boards in this congregation, you are to cooperate with the pastors of the congregation as you plan and coordinate and conduct the activities and functions assigned to your respective positions by the Constitution and the bylaws of the congregation. In order that the congregation may be assured of your willingness to assume the duties to which you have been elected or appointed, I now ask you, in the presence of God and of His people. Will you, as God enables you to do so diligently and faithfully, perform the duties of your position in conformity with the scriptures, the confessions of this church, and the constitution of this congregation, working together at all times to maintain peace and harmony among us? If so, say, I will, with the help of God.
4: I will, with the help
0: of God. Now I ask the elected and appointed elders of this congregation. Will you, according to your respective positions as administrative and teaching and visitation elders, assist the pastors of the congregation by seeing to it that divine services are held regularly and conducted decently and in order, that the word of God is rightly preached and taught, and the sacraments are rightly administered according to their institution given to us by Christ? Will you, according to your respective positions, assist the pastors by giving attention to the spiritual needs of all members, especially the sick, encouraging members who are neglecting word and sacraments and do what is necessary to maintain Christian discipline among us, if so, say, I will with the help of God.
1: I will with the
0: help of God. Whereas then you have all committed yourselves to the work which you have been elected or appointed to do, I therefore commit to your respective commit you to your respective offices, and charge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to do all that you do to his glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray. O most merciful and gracious God, who is an ever-present witness of all of our promises and vows, and who enables us to make and to keep them, We thank you for your work through us, that you accomplish through us, for your purposes among us. Especially we thank you for those who have served their terms of duty as officers and elders and board members in our midst. We thank you for their labors of love, and we beseech you, for Christ's sake, send down your Holy Spirit upon these, your servants, that they may discharge their duties with diligence and steadfastness and boldness and wisdom. Grant them in particular the spirit of devotion and prayer, that in every time of need they may, by prayer and supplication, make their requests for the church known to you. Set them for a blessing to your believers. Keep them in sincere harmony with their pastors, and grant that also by their service the unity of this congregation may be preserved and strengthened, that your name may be hallowed, your kingdom enlarged, and your will done, This we ask through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Go then, dear brothers and sisters in our Lord, as you have been called. Be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Go now in peace. Amen. At this time, the congregation rises for prayer. of this congregation, including Marguerite Helt and Robert and Dorothy Latham, and Paul Duell, and Dick and Elsie Much, and Bob Wilkinson. We recall also those who are, are at home or hospitalized with illnesses, including Slim Paul and Georgie Delaney. We pray for those recovering from surgery, including Hugh Ryan, those who mourn the death of loved ones or remember loved ones lost. Today, including Gary Albrand, who this week lost his mother. And we give thanks to God for Chris and Patricia Steiner as they celebrate the 31st anniversary of marriage. With these in mind, we now pray for the whole Church of God in Christ and for all people according to their needs. Throughout the season of Epiphany, The Word of God has made plain what he did reveal to eyewitnesses and what they, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, have recorded for us, that Jesus is the Christ, the very Son of the Most High. For eyes of faith always to see beyond the humble form of his humanity, and behold also Jesus' divinity, we pray, and for the rest and for the peace that comes to troubled consciences, that trust that God's own Son has laid down his life for the full atonement of all sin, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Lord's continued and abiding presence with us in the splendor of his word and blessed sacraments, that we, like his people of old, may here behold God as he chooses to come to us, and that we may, by grace in faith, continue to draw near into his very presence and eat and drink the faith-building and sin-forgiving food that he has supplied for us, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have mercy. That the Lord of the nations would still the storms that rage within the nations and between the nations, that he would bless with wisdom and humility those he's placed over us to govern us in our lands, that he would allow to proceed in fairness the elections that take place in our communities this week, and that he, through the protection and provision granted by those that he's placed in authority, would provide for us all our daily bread and provide for us domestic peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For for faith to embrace the plains and the valleys and the low places of this earthly life, those times when we are in need of his healing, we pray. And we ask that the Lord of life would grant healing to those members of our congregation that we have today named or deliver them or deliver to them patience to bear with their afflictions and steadfastness of faith when the time draws near that the lord has promised will deliver them from all earthly affliction let us pray to the lord lord, lord have mercy Amen. for the peace from above that the world cannot give we pray that those who mourn including gary and his family might be comforted with comfort divine and confidently lean upon God's promises and assurances for those united to Christ and his life by baptism and in faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, have mercy. The mercies of God are new to us every morning, and we thank him for another year of married life for Chris and Patricia Stainer. We pray that he would Open their hearts always to receive more of his love, that their love for each other might never grow weary, but deepen and grow through every joy and sorrow shared. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the joys of all the Epiphany Sundays, which conclude today, we give thanks. Time and time again we beheld the glory of the Godhead in the words and deeds of the Father's only begotten Son, and responded with our joyful alleluia's. Soon the Alleluia's are silenced. During the season of their silence, we pray that God would speak to us through his word, that we might know our sin and see our Savior from it, and at length rejoice in the blessed passion, death, and glorious resurrection of Christ Jesus, our living Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. With Moses and Elijah and the entire company of the church in earth and heaven, we give praise to the Lord, and into his almighty and tender hands we commit all things, trusting in his mercy through our Lord Jesus Christ, who with the Father and the Holy Spirit lives and in splendor eternal reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: The Lord be with you and, and
0: Truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who at his transfiguration revealed his glory to his disciples, that they might be strengthened to proclaim his cross and resurrection, and with all the faithful look forward to the glory of life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the the disciples. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God. Receive now the benediction of our lord the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace